Chill out, Cranky. I'm listening to Virtual Theater's new Patreon series, Banana Slamma, which follows my adventures in the animated Donkey Kong Country cartoon show. They're reviewing each episode. It's bodacious! Virtual what now? What's a Patreon? Dude, Virtual Theater is a podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them. And with Patreon, you get tons of extra content and bonus shows for only one dollar whoa not only do they show up on patreon but they also have shows on every episode of both captain n and the zelda cartoon captain n the zelda cartoon i heard those shows were as awful as your cartoon honestly these whippersnappers today don't know how to make a good show anymore back in my day we had real heroes that didn't need a Patreon to sell tickets and- Gotta go, Cranky. Candy's coming over to watch Banana Slamma from Virtual Theater. Catch you on the flip side. Subscribe now to Virtual Theater's Patreon for only $1 to get Banana Slamma, Zelda, Captain N, bonus shows, early access episodes, and so much more. Virtual Theater, the podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Zelda Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Allison Aletha. Al, how are we doing on this beautiful long weekend this time, right, for you? Long weekend, and I plan on doing absolutely nothing tomorrow, Monday. Um, there you go. So I'm excited. I'm going to play Zelda, and I'm excited about that. There you go. That's, that's I feel like every nice. weekend you ask me after Tears of the Kingdom come out, you're like, how you doing? I'm like, I'm just playing Zelda, living my best life. I haven't done like like anything else. <laughs> like like if I have free time, it's going into right it's going into yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Yep. Which is to the detriment of some other stuff that I'm doing, but uh nevertheless. <laughs> um okay. Well today, um I feel like we actually have a lot to, to get into today, so let's just uh let's not beat around the bush here. Uh so today, once more, okay, I wanna give a very clear report of what we are going to talk about. So that nobody comes up to me and is just like, oh, you spoiled the game. I, listen, I probably don't have to say this every single week for like the next three months. I respect the fact that a lot of people want to go into this game completely blind and figure out things for yourself. And I respect that. But by God, some of you, okay, we need to ease up a little bit. I was like, someone's going to yell at me if I were to say Link is the main character of this game, you know. Mm -hmm. So this, we're all, we're all, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Yeah, so, not and, and I don't want to be like I don't want to be harsh about it, but we are a Zelda podcast talking about, and there's a brand new Zelda game. We're going to talk about it, and yes, you know, 
we're going to talk about it, and I'm sorry, we just don't know what is a spoiler to everybody, so because everybody has a different idea of it. So particularly you, with a game like this, like where yeah, uh, yeah, lots when of there's things so you can much. find, yeah, yes. So not to be harsh, but like if you are wanting to have your own experience and don't want it to be spoiled, just come back and listen later. We'll be 100%, here. Hundred percent. Yeah. The 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 last thing that we want to do is ruin the experience exactly. for you. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kind of give a general outline of what we're gonna talk about, and then I, I'm begging you if you have not completed what we are going to talk about to the full extent, come back and listen later. And there's always a possibility that we might be talking about. So this is, Al, you kind of said this last week, and I want to reiterate it. So I guarantee you that we're not going to just bring up in discussion, like, like serious plot points in, in you know, our, our discussions. But we might bring up some things that we find. And we might bring up some, I don't know, shrines or just, like, like weird cool stuff. bits that come up in while playing this game. Yeah, because right. there's a lot. So if that's a spoiler to you... Um, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe just come back and enjoy these episodes when you feel that you're in a place to, you know, to go in and, and be comfortable with uh, the amount of content that you have found. So anyways, today we are going to be talking about the regional phenomenon uh, side quest or main quest, actually, and we're going to be breaking it down into two parts. So today we are going to be talking about the Rito portion and the Goron portion. Let me repeat that. Rito and Goron. So if you have not completed Rito or Goron, come back. Come back and listen later, and we can enjoy these. Uh, we we can enjoy these episodes at that time. Um. So one thing, Al. I don't think I want to get too 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 in depth on the dungeons themselves because we are going okay. to talk about the dungeons at a later date. All the dungeons together. Um, right. But what what we'll talk about is kind of like. The quest line, characters, getting to the actual dungeon, maybe just a, a brief synopsis of what we thought of the dungeon, and then we'll we'll kind of move on. Any stray thoughts, anything like that. Okay, perfect. Sounds good to me. Um, okay, but before we get there, we're going to, it's almost like a weekly thing now, I think, that we need to do. We need to have our Tears of the Kingdom progress check-in. Uh, so, Allison... Yeah. Without further ado, you uh, you made a bold claim that uh, I might have my mind blown. I'm ready to have it blown, Al. What do you got? Okay, you ready for me? Okay. Um, so I maxed out my stamina, and I have seven batteries. I've got seven batteries. Shrines. Yeah, I got seven batteries. Oh I do a lot God. of exploring in the depths, so okay. I get a lot of the large crystal uh, things that are like worth twenty, so I can get up to three hundred pretty quick. Okay. Um. I've got 84 shrines, 57 light fruits, or light, light roots, sorry. <laughs> and, <laughs> this is ridiculous, 433 Koroks. Oh my god. <laughs> I have maxed out my inventory. Uh, yeah, okay, so my mind is blown, actually. So good job. <laughs> um, I, I'm, my stats are like, like chump change compared to that. So I, I, I guess here we go. I think you have a lot more shrines than me, though. Not that much more. Not not um, that much more to to make up for all the other stuff that you have like considerably more <laughs> than me. So here we go. I have uh, also maxed out stamina. I have twenty three hearts, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've got three and a bit batteries. I've got a uh, hundred and two shrines. I've got thirty nine light roots. I've got sixty koroks. Nice. And uh, I I have completed every main quest except for obviously like finishing the game 
Okay. I've been like I've been holding back on my main quests quite a bit. I only mm -hmm. finished like three of the regional phenomenon phenomenon. Hard word to say. So I actually I think it's called I'm... phenomena in the game, but I I'm oh. just gonna and I don't want anyone to say because I just can't say that word, so I'm gonna call it phenomenon. Okay. And I know that's not what it's called, so nobody nobody at me, okay? Don't do it. <laughs> so yeah, I've been clearly I've been exploring more and um I posted a recap too of my map on Twitter where I have about the the right the right third completed and I've been keeping up with the depths and the sky at the same time. So it's a lot of exploring and mm. I'm loving every minute of it, but I will say I'm over these Koroks. I'm going to find all of them this time and I probably will never do it again. You know, I um as my Korok total would suggest, like, <laughs> I, I just, like, there's a lot of things that, you know, as, as, that we've talked about that this game kind of gets away with doing the same thing over again. Right. Koroks, to me, is not one of those. Like, I, I am I, just, like, not yeah. interested in getting Koroks. The, yeah. Like, the ones where you got to carry one of the Koroks to his buddy, like, okay, like, those are, like, kind of different a little. But even those, I'm just like, ugh. Like, there, there's a little bit too many of them. Um, I like that some of the puzzles are different. Some of the puzzles are kind of fun and funny. I like the ones where you have to like rip out the cork from the wherever they're at, and I think those are cute. But like, it's just that, and I know not everybody has done 900 Koroks a bazillion times like I did, but I did, and I'm like, I'm so sick of it. And I kind of yeah. wish that was one of the things that Nintendo did different. I, I wish, or not at all. Uh, yeah, I. I, I get why Koroks come back, because it, it, it encourages you to explore the world and everything yes. like that. Like, I just wish that, like, instead of a thousand Koroks, and there's there are the thousand Koroks, mm -hmm. um, I wish that there was, like, a hundred Golden Skull Tulas that maybe give you, like, the equivalent of, like, I don't know, uh, 20 Koroks each or something like that, if you found them. Yeah, and I, I understand the inventory um, upgrade as well, but... I think if I'm doing the math right, I only needed 421 Koroks to upgrade my all my inventory, right. and I don't know when I'm going to get the at the end. I haven't looked it up yet. I'm hoping to God it's different than Breath of the Wild. <laughs> like, like please, Hestio, I swear to God, if you that, get a golden, pyramid. that cannot come back. <laughs> that I, I haven't oh. looked it up, and I won't look it up until I do it. So I'm either going to be really salty or just like I'll have bragging rights. That's about it. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I I think that that like cannot come back. I would be pretty disappointed if we saw that golden turd resurface in Tears of the Kingdom. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, I guess. Um, okay, so uh, so on to regional phenomenon here, and let's uh, let's get started with. Well, actually, you know what? You pick. I I did them. I did them in the order of Rito, Goron, Zora, Gerudo. Um, what order did you start with? I did this, I'm, well, potentially doing the same exact order, because I have, all that I have left is Gerudo, um, also depending on more content in the game as well, um, but I did Rito Fire Zora, or Rito Fire, Rito Goron Fire, <laughs> god, oh my god, anyways, sorry, I think we should do Rito and then Goron, because I kind of feel like the Got game it. guides you that way. Yeah, I think- I'm, if, uh... I'm like Andy with the Shrine Quest, whatever you were trying to say. <laughs> Shrine Quest. I, yeah, I don't know why I struggle so much with that. <laughs> I could say it perfectly if I'm not recording, but by God, you right. turn this light on, it's like... <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, that's... Yeah, I think... Um, 
maybe not Impa, maybe it's Pura. They they kind of mentioned that it would be a good place to start in, in Rito Village. So I think mm-hmm. the game kind of subliminally directs you to go there first, which which is probably good because I feel like that's like the most, um, I don't know, like, like straightforward kind of place to start, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people started there in Breath of the Wild too. Like that, that was kind of where... I don't know if Breath of the Wild guided you there, but a lot of people saw the flying bird and were like, I'm going to go check that out. And that's where they went first. So Um, I kind of feel like they evolved from that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So my, um, my playthrough, uh, like in the order I did the regional phenomenon was, was kind of based on, on like the abilities that you got in Breath of the Wild and how useful I thought that they were. So okay. I, I I didn't think that they'd be one for one, but like in Breath of the Wild, I was like, hey, Revali's Gale is clearly the most like uh, important ability. So like in right. Tears of the Kingdom, I'm gonna go to to the Rito place first and see if maybe there's something. And you get like like almost sort of an equivalent to that. And then mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Druk's protection, so do fire and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that mostly held up. I would say that. Uh, as we'll talk about next week, there's no Mipha's Grace in this game at all, which is sorely missed, I might add. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, generally speaking, I think that that pathway kind of held up. But um, okay, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the the main quest here then, and that is Tulin of Rito Village. And I think that before we even get started on that, it, it makes I don't know. It's it's funny to me how. Even Nintendo had to admit to themselves, they're like, yeah, Taba's just like not that interesting. He's not that interesting. Aww. So we're gonna we're gonna move on to someone else. And you and I have talked about that in years past when we talked about the new champions. Like I, I think like we kind of dogged on Taba and Yonobo a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. I think that if you were to replace two champions, these two would have been the ones. But obviously, as we'll talk about in a little bit, they went a different direction with Yonobo, which was awesome. Um, but they did replace Taba with, and, and Tulin, I think is way better if I'm being honest. Okay. Listen, I love Tulin, but I, I, there's a part of me that kind of like doesn't understand why they made that change because everybody else is pretty much the same. So it kind of feels like it doesn't fit, but it does like, I don't know. It's weird. But so when it, when it came down to getting Tulin and, and the reason why Taba couldn't like join you on your adventure, like I got it. I understood but I, I I like Taba. That made me kind of sad, but it made me happy too that he like basically he took over I believe Tonelli's uh line, which is like yeah. the chief of the Rito, and he's like I gotta I gotta stay here with my people. Tulin's our best warrior. He'll go with you. Which like doesn't kind of, like there are other champions who also take over like responsibilities right. and they're still like the, the champions. Yeah, they're still they're still like yeah, chill with chill with like. So yeah, it was it was kind of like a weird change where I just I didn't um I was when I, t- Catherine and I talk a lot about Zelda, but there are some things where she said she sees a change and she kind of squids at it and she's like, "Why? This is one of those changes." Like it it does wind up being for the better, but it's just like, "Why?" You know? I I think the why is Taba, he's just not that interesting. I love Taba. I, I think like, that's I why. I thought he was great. <laughs> um, I think, like, of every champion uh, in Breath of the Wild, let me specify, and, and every champion, Taba was the most similar to Rivali. Or, or like, let me, let me, what am I trying to say? He was the most similar to, like, the, the previous champion. You know what I mean? Like, 
Urbosa yeah. and Riju were kind of close, but not that close. Daruk and Yonobo, very different. Uh, Sidon and Mifa, very different. Um, I think Taba and Rivali were very similar in a lot of ways, which and made I him... I can see that. To me, it just made him kind of like a lesser version of Rivali without kind of the sass and the okay. the punch. So I, I think... I think that's probably why they went in the different direction and were just like, you know what, Tulin, you're our guy because you're a cute little bird kid who uh, is actually incredibly he's, helpful. He is, yeah, and he and it's kind of funny that you say that because he does when you start, you know, his quest line. He is a little big for his britches in that moment, you know, until he needs help. But yeah. he he knows he's talented. He knows he's a skilled retail warrior, and he kind of that kind of like is his. I wouldn't say downfall, but he kind of gets himself into trouble. And then he realizes, like, yeah, I do need help. I do need teamwork. Yeah, I agree. Um, I really liked Tulin's story um, a lot, actually. And, like, uh, I guess let's uh, let's just talk about it and let's get this quest going. So, so Tulin is, like, a prodigy. He is a prodigy with flying. He's a prodigy with the bow. He is, like, destined to be this fantastic Rito warrior. But... You know, he's still a kid and um, needs, I, th I feel like you see this in a lot of stories where like the kid is clearly talented, but they just need time in order to get to where they're going to end up being. Um, mm -hmm. And Tulin, like every kid ever, doesn't want to wait. He's just, he's ready to go now. So um, it starts off with you kind of exploring the Hebra Mountains. And for anybody that knows me, I, I have a real soft spot for, for Hebra Mountains. I don't know what it is. It's just like this quiet, desolate place that not a lot of people go so i love kind of exploring around there and um tulin by god this little kid has run off to uh to chase down some what is it like some moblins or something like that just some monsters or something yeah monsters in general yes yeah. so he uh as you as you succinctly said he's bit off a little bit more than he could chew so it's up to link to uh, to go and rescue him and um that's where, you know, that's where we kind of get our first little glimpse of this whole team-up aspect of Tears of the Kingdom that mm. I actually wasn't expecting this at all in this game, but I think it's awesome. Um, I but would yeah. say, like, I would say from the trailer, I was kind of expecting it, but we just didn't, in my case, we didn't know, like, the extent. Maybe that's a way to say it. Like, I, I thought yeah. it would kind of be similar to Breath of the Wild, where, like, you, you teamed up with your champion for, like, a little bit. And then yeah, like kind of went on dungeon. your yeah yeah um but that is not the case at all so um so yeah so I I thought that uh, once you kind of teamed up with Tulin and he gave you his uh, what is it gust ability um, whatever, whatever it's called the Tulin air boost or air gust or yeah I don't know if it really specifically has a name but it's like Tulin's vow or whatever his he can like horizontally blow right. gusts of wind. Yeah, so so I think that once you kind of get that, and then you're like, okay, uh, now we're gonna go to the dungeon. Then I think the story gets really cool, and you hear you kind of hear the story about like the uh, the Stormark ship, and like this is the ship that we saw in the trailer, and um, mm -hmm. the bug that we saw in the trailer, which was indeed a, uh, a dungeon boss. Um, mm -hmm. This was not the first moment, but one of the first moments where I was just like, oh my god, this is awesome! As you kind of start ascending your way up to that ship. I think that this might so each dungeon has its own kind of like thing that you that you do before you actually get to the dungeon, right? Mm -hmm. This is if not my favorite, my second favorite. Oh, 
oh god you know what maybe my third i don't know it was awesome it was incredible and are you like, talking about for the game in general or just like for the series because i would say like for, for this the, game and specifically okay yeah i was gonna say like there's sometimes i know i've complained a lot about stuff you have to do before a dungeon where it feels like really big and kind of like it kills the momentum for me but i've really liked it so far in tears of the yeah Kingdom. it's it's fit really well. It doesn't kill the momentum for me at all. I, I, I agree. And I think that, like, the, I almost factor that into, like, the dungeon. The dungeon? You know, you yeah. know how, like, if, if you're listening to the show for a long time, you know how Al and I always complain about getting to Stone uh, Tower Temple in Majora's Mask? Yeah. This is, like, the opposite <laughs> of that. It's it's awesome, and it adds to the dungeon. Like, it's so I, funny you say <laughs> that, because it's, it's essentially the same thing, but, I know. like, it's better. Oh, it's, it's like- awesome. <laughs> uh, so yeah so so what you do like and and again this is you know how we said kind of last week like the sky is it, it's very fun but it doesn't feel kind of as fun maybe as the as depths substantial. or or yeah like it's kind of it's a little bit hard to get around just i mean due to the nature of like you know you're in the sky and, and everything like mm-hmm. that and you can't explore it as freely you know as freely as you can on the surface or in the depths this is like peak sky i think um Man, mm-hmm. I had I had such a blast, like using the gust and using like all like the the trampolines and the springs and stuff like that to keep on going up, up, up. I was sitting down with my wife and, and she was kind of watching me play. And I was just like, and when I got to the first shrine, because there's like three shrines along the way. And when I got to the first one, I was like, oh my God, babe, look, look at this. Look how high up I am. And she was like, wow. And, and I kept on going up. And the second one, I was like, oh my God, like we are like crazy high. And then the last one, I was like, I was just like, oh my god, like, this is insane, like, we cannot possibly keep on climbing up any higher, mm-hmm. um, but we did, and I, I, man, I thought that this portion was so fun, like, th- and this is kind of the meat and potatoes of, of the Tulin quest here, is, like, basically ascending your way up uh, to get to the Storm Arc ship, and I thought, for me, this was, like, the first moment in the game where I was just like, the sky is awesome, like, this is so much fun. Um, so I really enjoyed, like, it, making my way up. Yeah, and I want to say beyond, like, the Great Sky Island where you start and you do, like, your little plateau, your tutorial, I feel like if you kind of go as the game guides you directly to the Rito, this is kind of your first way of navigating your way up into the sky. Yeah. Unless you did any exploring beforehand, which I didn't. So I, I was kind of wanting to get, like, one or two abilities before I started my exploring. So... I feel like, yeah, for a lot of people, this is their first time really experiencing how to navigate getting up there. And the fact that it's so high and you can use your little your little buddy Tulin to get around. And the trampolines are so cool. Oh, my God. That was God. like, well, and they're just like the sails of the boats, but like turned horizontally so that you bounce up and you are just going so, so high. It's so cool. And I know I have to go back there and explore and get Koroks that I missed, but like, oh. it's... <laughs> look i'm excited to do that because it was such a fun time and i can understand people thinking that maybe it took a long time like it was a very long segment but i feel like i feel like i wasn't bored at all like or felt like it was long i was i was enjoying every step of the way and the music getting up there was fantastic i i was like like captivated like making my way up there i was having an incredible time i thought it was so fun you know what i was actually so eager to talk about it i completely skipped the fact that uh poor rito village is like covered in a blizzard that's the whole oh, reason yeah. i'm doing this so <laughs> totally forgot I was, about that i was a little anxious to get to where we were going but 
But yeah, that that's the reason why we're doing what we're doing is because the the poor Rito are uh, they're basically like frozen. They look like Jack Nicholson and The Shining. So oh we God. gotta we gotta find out the cause of of this snowstorm, which is of course this big uh, ship in the sky, which which kind of looks like just a big cloud, as you can see from the surface. But yeah, yeah. I, I thought like ascending up there was like one of my highlights of playing Tears of the Kingdom so far, and I've played like eighty hours of this game. Yeah, and, and this I would, was like I would one agree. of the highlights. I would agree. It, it's really, it's really cool, and I love that. I um, we'll talk about this as we continue with the quote unquote dungeons and the phenomenon. But like, I love that Nintendo used different aspects of Hyrule rather than like the surface of Hyrule. So with Rito, it's up in the sky in this giant like you know blizzard cloud that you have to get up to descend into yeah. right to get to the big the storm mark but is that what it's called storm mark i can't storm remember mark, yeah let me confirm um, let me confirm <laughs> so i i love that they you know one of the first aspects is up in the sky and then what as we'll talk about with the goron it's down in the depths so i just think that's really cool that they're using different aspects and locations for these dungeons because yeah I'll admit when we were when we were discussing if they were going to return to like more traditional dungeons, I was like, "Where are these dungeons going to go? You know, where are they going to? Because we've explored so much of Hyrule already in Breath of the Wild. Where are these going to go?" And it totally makes sense what they did. Yeah, there's there's literally only one dungeon on the surface, and mm -hmm. that dungeon. I'm sure I'm not. I'm sure I'm not surprising you which one it is, Al. But it makes sense, like where it actually pops up and why you wouldn't have seen it before. So very yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, so I I was just like I was just like mesmerized, like enthralled. Like I like I said, this was the moment that like the sky portion to me kind of clicked and was like, okay, this can be awesome if like if this is kind of like what we're going for here, like the, these crazy ways to ascend up, up, up. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I I would also or I would almost argue that the game hasn't really recaptured that for me in terms of the sky portion. Um, there have been some parts that are like quite fun, and we'll mm -hmm. talk about some of it next week but i i do think that like this this one was so awesome that maybe it was almost too awesome you know what i mean because like there's i haven't really got that same rush being in the sky maybe like with the death stars and with some of the um labyrinths and stuff like that but to mm -hmm. definitely to a lesser extent i feel like yeah i i can i can see that so maybe it's not as i was saying like this is your first kind of interaction of climbing up into the sky and interacting with the sky but maybe it's like it's not a good thing that it's here first because some of the other things don't like hold up to it. Mm -hmm. I think that it's like on your way to a dungeon, it makes sense for it to be as monumental as it was. And then the rest is more like shrine quests and um, the labyrinths, etc. So it feels fine to me, but I, I can kind of agree with what you're saying where maybe like the rest doesn't hold up quite as much. Yeah. And, and again, it's not to say like, it's not fun. It's not bad. I just think right. like this, this is so awesome that, it's a it's a tough bar to uh, to overcome. Um, so eventually, you do make your way into into the Stormark ship, and I have a critique here. Why is this ship called the Wind Dungeon or the Wind Temple? Why not just call it like the Stormark ship? Actually, I I feel like that's a critique that I have for almost every single dungeon in this game, except for maybe the Fire Temple. It's like, why are these called like just generic like? Fire temple, water temple, like give them some cool names. Come on. Okay. Yes, I I can see that too. But I honestly was like, 
I was really excited when I saw Wind Temple and when I saw Fire Temple and so on and so forth because it made me feel like I was returning to a more traditional Zelda. Like, I get that they could have cooler names like we've had in um, past Zelda games, but we've also had, like, Ocarina of Time has some of the best dungeons ever and, like, they're just called, like, the Shadow Temple or the Fire Temple. You know what I mean? Or the Forest Temple. I, yes. However, I think that's a double-edged sword because it can work both ways because... Now you're inherently comparing this wind temple to another wind temple or this fire temple to another fire temple, which isn't exactly fair because like, as we'll talk about when we talk about the dungeons in, in this game, which is a, another day. Um, but like the, these are, you know, open world Zelda type dungeons. Like there's no other way to say it. They're not traditional dungeons in the sense of like ocarina or twilight princess or skyward sword mm. dungeons like they're they're a modern zelda dungeon so which i think for the most part work exceptionally well in this game actually mm-hmm. but i i do think that you do invite those comparisons and it's it's a tough comparison to make if you've really been and i think a lot of people were where it's just like i want traditional dungeons back because i i can't say that these are traditional dungeons no i can't say that either i i feel like there's a good healthy like makes like it's a hybrid where they brought back traditional senses of dungeons with um, yeah. the divine beast kind of formula. I, I agree. And I think that this, I, I think there's one dungeon that I was just like, Oh, this is just like a divine beast. But mm. like the wind temple here, I do. Again, I have to admit like when, um, when Tulin was just like, Oh, we got to activate the five whatever's that we need to activate. I was just kind of like, ah, uh, like, yeah, you know, but I think that, um, this dungeon and certainly some other dungeons actually like it's like a, it's like a mix between traditional Zelda dungeon, like a Hyrule Castle from Breath of the Wild kind of dungeon and a Divine Beast. And I think that this mm-hmm. the Wind Temple in particular does a really good job of, of mixing those three. Um, mm-hmm. The Fire Temple, which we'll talk about in a bit, actually, to me, leans more in like the sense of like a traditional Zelda dungeon mixed with um, mixes like Hyrule Castle. So it's it's they do it like a very good job, but. I guess, I, I don't know, I guess I'm just saying, like, it is, you invite those comparisons if you're, you know, naming it the Wind Temple and not, like, I don't know, I just think, like, the Stormark ship or whatever it is, like, I just think that sounds cool. Yeah, I, I understand, I can understand that. I did pop off with, when I saw Wind Temple, though, I was just like, oh my gosh, it's like, it. I felt, I felt like I was going back in the Zelda series a little bit, and I was excited for that. I will say that, after doing three of these dungeons, and, like, n- not to get into too many depths about the details of these dungeons, but I do kind of wish that I could go back to a little bit more linear dungeon. Like, I appreciate mm-hmm. I appreciate the open world. I, I understand, like, the formula that they have for this game works, but I do kind of miss, like, go find a key to get into this room. It's locked. That kind of thing. And yeah. um, maybe we don't need, like, the dungeon item to come back, but, like... I, I do miss some of those aspects of traditional dungeons that I think would be kind of cool in a game like this. I, I do too. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, like I, I do think that you, for this type of game, you do need to, what's a, what's a good word? Maybe, maybe modernize how you yeah. approach your dungeons. I and think I think that's... that all the shrines help with that as well. That, that, that kind of itch to like, um, you know, you need to figure out a puzzle to get into the next room kind of thing. Now, I'm not saying yeah. they they fully scratch it, but they, they help. I just think that maybe my biggest reason for this is that it's too easy to cheese. It's too easy to kind of break. I wouldn't say break, but like to kind of get past the, clearly there's a puzzle you can solve here, but 
I was feeling this really hardcore with the water temple. There was so many things that I could do with the water temple where I just needed a hover bike and I yeah. could get to all the locations and fix it. But I forced myself not to because I wanted to experience it the first time, kind of like they wanted me to. Yeah. But now if I play Tears of the Kingdom again, I know how to cheese it. And I don't necessarily like that there's that option. I really wish that there was a more... I don't... Uh, sorry. What I mean is like I kind of would like to go back to that in the future. Where it was just I know a little bit tougher. Yeah. yeah. You you can't just like completely break the game's physics in it. Not even break, but like take advantage or utilize just it. it. Just yeah. Cheat it. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying. Um yeah. and, and we'll talk we'll we'll pick this conversation up when we talk about the actual dungeons, which I am stoked to talk about actually. Yes. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I thought that the uh I thought that the dungeon was very good. And mm-hmm. the ending I thought was also very good. And the first time that you see this cutscene is great because then it's you great. <laughs> you learn about the imprisoning war. You learn about uh, Rauru and his company taking on the Demon King. You learn about what it took to to actually seal away the Demon King. And um, this, like we were talking about, uh, I don't know if we were on the show or not. Uh, I can't remember now. <laughs> but uh, we we were talking about like I can't believe that like Tulin stays with you the entire time and like mm-hmm. fights with you. Actually, mm-hmm. so so you remember that. Um, that Zelda Dungeon article that we did, like the one final thing before Tears of the Kingdom comes out, I think Dave Lasby had written down like, "I want like a fellowship of of party members," and I was like, "Yeah, that'd be awesome," but uh, I'm sure it's never gonna happen. Highly doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> man. And turns lo and behold, you know, I yeah. and, like also getting that cutscene and had like having the return of the sages really like set me off too because I was it was another one of those things where it was like classic Zelda mm-hmm. modernized and I loved it yeah. and then you know the the sages like vow is what keeps them with you beyond the dungeon yeah it's it's awesome it, I I had a, an amazing time getting to the wind dungeon I, I like I said it, it almost ruined the sky for me because it was so fun actually and I was <laughs> I was just like I cannot believe how high up I am oh my god <laughs> and, uh, and like, I thought that the dungeon itself was solid. I love Tulin. I would die for that little bird. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? The gust is a, is a great ability. It's, it's no Rivaldi's Gale, mm-hmm. but it is helpful for sure. It's very helpful. Um, uh, so again, without getting into too much details, but like with that cutscene and with them, the sages making the vow and how they get their secret stone and they make their vow and they grasp Link's hand. And they like transfer their power, right? And mm-hmm. it turns into a ring on his slash Rauru's hand. Not gonna lie, I totally had a Captain Planet moment where I was like, we're gonna <laughs> get all these stages rings and with our powers combined, we're gonna save the planet. So like, <laughs> I'm wondering if anybody else had that feeling. Man, I'm, I'm just waiting for like Link to to get all the rings, go up to Ganondorf, just be like, and watch him like, fade away into nothingness oh, like, yeah, Thanos yeah, style. The, yeah exactly that's great <laughs> yeah it was uh it was fun okay <clears throat> excuse me let's uh let's go over and let's talk about the the goron portion and i have to admit i have to admit in breath of the wild the goron uh portion was my least favorite part by far there's like something it. there's something about it that i just like just there's something about like, like the death chore. mountain topography that's just kind of like eh, it's not as interesting to me as like Hebra or like the the jungle areas or like Zora's domain or Grudo Desert anything like that. Not that I dislike, but it's it's like the least interesting to me, and mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, 
And then I, I thought Yonobo, like, kind of sucked. <laughs> like, he's like he's just kind of a wiener in Breath of the Wild, right? Like, he's yeah. uh, he, he's a young Goron learning to, to find confidence and learning to find self-worth, which is a great story. Um, but, I mean, you know, let's call it what it is. He's, he's kind of a wiener in, in Breath of the Wild. And he was a little bit of a wiener in Age of Calamity as well, although maybe less, less of one. <laughs> and um, a lot of people, you know, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, a lot of people were like, where's Yonobo? Where's yeah, Nobo where in that he? trailer? Oh my god. And we speculated that he might just be a, a few paces behind Riju and uh inside on. And that that could be true depending on when that actually takes place. But man, I I was like when I decided to gore on next, I was like, I'm gonna do it in the middle because I'm not like I'm not super stoked about doing it. But um, I did the same thing. I was like, I know I'm not gonna really like this section, so I'm gonna go do it now. Yeah. And and I would say I would say that when I started this, I, I kind of was still of that opinion. But I I am going to publicly, right now, on this show, for everybody to hear, I'm going to apologize to Yonobo. I am going to say that the fire portion is probably the best portion of any regional phenomenon. And I am going to uh, eat some crow because this was awesome. This was so... <laughs> awesome like the whole the whole getup i was like incredibly charmed by the premise of what was happening to the gorons the like the the cyberpunkness of like this corporation and then uh, yeah. getting getting to the actual fire temple itself so, so where do, let's uh-huh. let's start at the beginning what it so you got there what were you feeling when you showed up um, first of all, like, the, the region itself is completely different because all the lava has dried. And I remember when we saw one of the trailers, I was pointing out how Death Mountain looked different in the trailer than it did in Breath of the Wild because in the section where they were minecarting to some moblins, there's just a, like, a, a pond of lava down there. And there wasn't in the, in the trailer. So I was like, what happened to Death Mountain to make it different? And clearly all the lava dried up and, you know, made more land to traverse around mm. Death Mountain. So that was different, and I, I actually really liked that because it made it easier to go Korok hunting and rare ore deposit hunting for me. Um, so I really li- I thought that was cool. I liked that the region itself changed enough to make it something new to explore. But then you get to town, and you're looking for what's going on with these Gorons, and they're all like in a trance, in a creepy little trance, eating some rocks. <laughs> what is? I'm I'm desperately trying to look it up. What uh, what it is? Because I, I can't it's, remember. It's like marbled, like marbled, marbled rock. Yeah, something like that. So something like that. Man, you show up to Goron City, and there's only a select few that have not eaten this marbled rock, and they're like, mm-hmm. "What's going on with all these Gorons here?" Um, so they're the Gorons are basically acting like. I have been for like the last two and a half weeks where all they want to do is play tears of the kingdom. Um, <laughs> so all they want to do is eat this marbled rock. They don't care about anything else. Their eyes are glowing red. They're like zombies. They just want to eat this rock. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. And then <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I can even explain properly, but I, there I, I made like an audible gasp and a cheer at the same time when I saw Yunobo. This guy comes up, he's dressed like a luchador, he's got this awesome mask on, and he's a total prick. And I was like, yes, yes, this is awesome. He looks awesome. And he's he's built up his own corporation, uh, Yonobo, what is it called? Yonobo HQ, uh, where he like has all this construction going on, building new stuff in, in Gora, or like the Death Mountain region, and the... 
the wealth has corrupted him and he's like his his evil corporation is taking over and i was like yes this is like cyberpunk zelda this is awesome i was i was so in love with this portion of the game it was so good Okay, <laughs> I will say that I didn't have quite the same reaction. I I was oh. I like love that it was different, but I was just like, why on earth? Because I know that even though like we kind of poo on Yunobo from Breath of the Wild, he's such like a kind soul. You know, I was like, why is he such a jerk? Like, why is he dressed like such a loon? And like, I I almost went I I almost wondered too if he was like corrupted by greed and the corporation, but like it didn't. In my mind, it didn't make sense. And I was like, something's going on with him. Something's wrong with him. Is it the marble rock? And then you come to find out, you know, that there is something wrong with him. But so I was like, I'm glad I trusted my instinct. Because I was like, he just looks like a goof. And sounds like a jerk. Like, what is going on? He looks spectacular, first of all. Whatever. He looks awesome. I thought he looked like a goober. (laughs) This guy looks like Seth Rollins coming out in one of his ridiculous (laughs) get-ups to fight for the world title. Um, Yeah. So I I don't know I just I loved the idea of Yunoboko I like I I loved it and like yeah you're you're right like I was like okay well like something something is wrong with Yunobo right. like this <laughs> this isn't like the Yunobo from before um, because it was extreme but man I wish that he would have stayed like that for like the whole game actually like with the awesome getup with the awesome mask with the you know the the chip on his shoulder the attitude I was like this. Is the Unobo that I want? This guy I wouldn't have, rocks. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded if the if the that section had lasted a little bit longer because yeah. you break and free from it pretty quickly. Yeah. So it's like it's kind of like yeah, that was a huge shock, but I kind of wish it was a huge shock a little bit longer than it was. I I agree. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I get why you do it because you need his abilities in order to. Right. Uh, but but yeah, I I do agree. Um. So uh, yeah, as you say, you uh, you actually fight Unobo. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call this like a boss battle because it's, it's pretty mm-hmm. easy. It's, uh, mm-hmm. actually it's very easy, it, deceptively easy, but, um, you know, you get to throw down with him a little bit and you break the mask and then you find out that, uh, maybe someone had given him that mask, which we'll talk about at a later time. We don't need to get that, that detailed. Although, I right. mean, I guess if you're listening to this, you've probably completed the quest and you know, but, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that portion you later. You know, Bo. Mm-hmm. Ayo. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like some somebody gave him the mask that corrupted him to act like such a jerk, and and even like even the kids that were trying to help him, they're like, you know, though, stop being a jerk. Like, <laughs> yeah, those little I those little gorons. Much, I don't know. They were how, cute. I I was like, I'm not. I don't know if I'm buying that these two little goron kids aren't chomping down on uh, on marbled rock or whatever. It's like hey, eh. if I remember right, they I. I think it didn't affect him the same way it did the adults because it was always it was always like a young adult Goron that was affected. The adult the the elderly Gorons and the children were not affected. Well, there I guess there you go. Uh, the innocence of children saves the day here, and then the, the hubris <laughs> of adult Gorons just wants them, turns them into zombies and makes them eat marble rock. Um, so it's actually inferred that Yunobo did not eat marble rock, but it's the mask that is controlling right. him. And, but it, it was inferred that he, Yunobo Ko, which he, Yunobo did found, and, but he made it for, I guess, the right reasons, quote unquote, the right reasons. Mm-hmm. It seems like he did find that marbled rock on his own. Is that correct? 
Um, I can't remember. The person who gave him the mask, though, told him to keep digging for I'm pretty sure they guided him to find it and to feed it to the Gorons and to keep digging for it once he was, like, kind of corrupted by the right. mask. That's kind of how... That's kind of the, the gist that I got. And how they were like, you gotta get back to work so we can find more of this marbled rock. Not because we, we have a company where we mine stuff. It was for that rock. Right. Okay. Um, so, so you free Yonobo... Which, uh, again, it's a little bit early, but I was like, okay, he has uh, a pretty cool ability, actually, which is fairly useful, I find, because, like, I, yes. I got tired of, like, putting rocks on swords to break yep. rocks and stuff like that, so... Um, We're using all my bomb flowers, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got uh, we got Yonobo free and, and, you know, on his right mind, which was uh, which was good. And then, so you're, you basically are just like, okay... We got to go and find the the source of this marbled rock, and uh, the source is literally at the top of Death Mountain. That is where we saw, um, you know, who that encouraged us to, you know, to mine all the the marbled rock in the first place. So you make your way up, and man, again, just delivers this. You so you have a fight, and this fight was awesome. Um, so you fight more Moragia, Moragia, who's like this three headed uh, rock dragon thing the the rising from the death mountain crater is the official uh, title of this thing and this fight again i keep on saying it but man this was awesome so you get you get a wing you attach some fans to it and god bless because it doesn't drain your batteries when you're on it sometimes mm-hmm. a game does that they're just like you know what you can just use this yeah especially in dungeons yeah or not dungeons shrines yeah which which i appreciate yes um but man, this this was so cool because like Yonobo, his new ability is like he rolls up in a little ball and you can shoot him. So anytime you're on a minecart or like a moving vehicle of any sorts, you can you know if you could be going and you can shoot him off and and break whatever's in your way. This fight was so like it was short, but it was it was wicked. I I had such a a fun time again with it and just you know being up in the sky and swerving and uh, I actually got blasted the first time. I think I died and then I and then I had to. <laughs> I did well. I was like, I was still trying to, to get down like the controls of the of the wing, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think I I think I just thought like, oh, the fight will be easy, and I had like three hearts, and my hubris was punished. Dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so first of all, the climb up to Death Mountain, the top of Death Mountain, was much more fun in this game than oh, it was. Oh my god! In, and it was like simple too. Like you literally just use you know, vehicles to get up there and mine carts to get up there and all that kind of stuff. It was much more simple than the convoluted yeah. avoid the guardians with, you oh. in the first game, but then you get to the top and I will say this too about the, like the bosses in this game that are coming back are a lot of like classic, you know, Zelda bosses. And so it was Volvagia, but it was Moragia and it was a three headed dragon coming out of the volcano. And it was just massive and so cool. And, I was honestly confused why I was fighting a boss so quickly because I hadn't done anything dungeon wise yet. Mm-hmm. But God, that was so cool! I re- I was just like, oh my God, it's Volvagia, but it's a it's from the volcano, and it was so oh. cool. <laughs> this was awesome. It was so much fun, like uh-huh. like fighting this boss, getting your way. So I actually I had uh, already kind of creeped up to the top of Death Mountain before, so I had already activated oh, okay. the shrine. So when I got gotcha. Yonobo, I I was just kind of like, oh okay, let's just let's just go up. It's um, still just as simple either way. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. I, I don't think yeah. I don't think there's anything missing there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so now we got to eliminate the big, the big marbled rock like crater in the middle of Goron City, and by God, explore this crater in Death Mountain. 
and uh, and save the Goron people. And you go in, I, I just like you alluded to earlier. I was like so. I don't know, impressed, I guess is the word, but like with this dungeon down in the depths, I was just like, mm-hmm. this is so fun that like they just put this like ginormous thing in the depths and like made it, it, it again, like like kind of like you said, like it, it kind of makes sense, like why we didn't stumble across it in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, so going down there and fighting all of the, the different, uh, the different like creatures and whatever on your way to the Fire Temple I thought was like awesome and, and using all like the mine carts. I'm a sucker for mine carts, but using mine them to get to where you're going. Oh God. It was, this was, I feel like everything in the fire temple was like, like everything leading up to the fire temple was super fun and super awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, again, it's so cool that they, they took something in the depths to like, can you imagine if you were exploring the depths beforehand and you got up there and you were just like, what yeah. is this place? And it turns out it's the dungeon. And this would be another one of those like dungeons where you were where you were saying beforehand, why didn't they call it the uh, the boat's name? This one they could have called Grandia, which is the 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 city, the, the city, ancient yeah. city that's underneath Death Mountain. Um, but they called it the Fire Temple instead. And I remember I played the Fire Temple before you did, and I was like, I knew I was like playing this. I was like, Andy's gonna freaking love this dungeon. <laughs> like I knew it. I couldn't wait for you to do it. But um, yeah, it was fantastic. And um, I know Josh made a comment in the break room a few days ago that it it's a lot like the Fire Temple and uh, Spirit Tracks, which I agree with, but Spirit Tracks is very limited. I feel like that you got like you had a lot of freedom in this, but it was it was pretty similar just in with the Minecraft the minecarts and uh yeah. I keep wanting to say Minecraft. Minecarts and like the puzzles to get yourself into these different rooms was pretty cool and I, I loved it. I thought I had a lot of fun. And something I noticed too with these dungeons is like the more you progress in them, the music gets different and better and more bombastic kind of like final dungeons and zelda games in the past so that i really liked it in this particular temple I, it was awesome best music is in the gerudo dungeon so there okay, you go hey i'm excited um yeah I, you were right i as soon as i i think it was our first episode that we did after tears of the kingdom came out right where you're like yeah. oh dude you're gonna like the fire temple and i was like okay i'm gonna go play it right now i was kind of trying to do what you were doing where i was like don't rush too fast don't do anything but i was like mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, let's let's go do this. Um and you're <laughs> right. I, I thought it was incredible. I think the fire dungeon is probably the best probably the best one, I think. Okay. Um I don't know if I've decided yet. I kinda another, want to do there's another first. contender. There's another okay. contender. I, I think I would say that I like this more than the Wind Temple, which I like the Wind Temple a lot. But this one felt to me like like the the perfect mix of like that new modern open world Zelda yes. with like a traditional Zelda dungeon yes. with none of the divine beast silliness in there. Yeah, I would agree. I think I do like this one more than w- the Wind Temple just because the Wind Temple definitely felt a lot like Meadow, whereas this did not feel like Rudani at, at all. It felt no. like you were in an ancient temple and you were like figuring out the different rooms and using the minecarts to get there was super cool. And, and there was structure to the way that you do this or the way that mm-hmm. you should do this. Like, like there is a, an order to it, which mm-hmm. I think is like rewarding almost. Cause like it, sometimes that is missing from these other done. Like when you can kind of, when there's four things and you can just go and do them in whatever order you want, it it's not like as rewarding. And I think that that is where like the, the modern Zelda open world dungeons fall a little bit short is like in previous dungeons, you'd had this kind of like, gimmick or mechanic that would kind of drive everything you do in in the dungeon and you don't always get that in in 
you know, Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild dungeons, but this one you do. This one is all about your minecart path, and and I, I'll stop talking there. We'll talk about the dungeons later, but I I thought that this dungeon was awesome. The boss battle was awesome, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, just uh, it was it was really it was really really fun. So I yeah. I think that I came away like incredibly incredibly impressed with the Goron part, especially, and maybe it's because my expectations were low because I was just like, you know. You know, Bo, uh, like, mm-hmm. all right, let's get this over with. And when I left, I was like, damn, that was awesome. Like, that was yeah. so fun. And the I do have a critique, though. We kind of talked about this before the show. But you see the exact same cutscene at the end. Yes, yeah. And I can understand why that is, because if you did them in whatever order, they they didn't want to spoil stuff about, like, the overarching story. I kind of get it. I kind of do too. But I feel like Breath of the Wild did it different enough where you had these different cutscenes that basically did the same thing. It was the the champion setting up their beam on on Ganon, you know, on the castle and it was the same cutscene every time, but it was it felt different enough. But when you're talking to these sages and they're telling you their stories, it's like yeah. almost like word for word the same except the person is switched. Literally, yeah, pretty yeah. much it's it's almost the exact same script and it's the exact same Cutscene. Cutscene, yeah. Now, I'm not a game developer, okay? I don't know how hard or easy this would be. But you can't convince me that the developers that let you jump through any ceiling in this game, pick up Which anything insane, in this game, and, and put it together that made yeah. a bottom, a middle, and a top world, they couldn't have maybe had, like, an extra cutscene or something where it's like, okay, this one plays if you do the Fire Temple second. This one plays if you do the Fire Temple third. This one plays if you do the Fire Temple fourth. Okay. I, I I don't think that's asking for too much. I think that you could probably do that. I don't know if that would, if it needs to be like that level of detail. I just think it could have been different enough per sage. Where you're yeah, not I guess saying, so. here's the story of the imprisoning war. Oh, and, that's the and imprisoning our war. Yeah, and yeah, and so I feel like it could have been different enough where yeah. the sage's journey didn't feel like cut and paste for each one but by the time i got to the third one i was like okay i already know that zelda came and asked you to fight with link in the future like like, tell me something i don't know i don't mind i like that i like that bit of the cutscene where they have zelda in it but like again sure but it creates another dialogue later where they're like by the way that sage time look really familiar and it's like really like they all say that you know yeah, so each of them does have a really nice cutscene at the end, though, um, and we'll, we'll include the Rito in this one, too, where, like, you you beat the, the Wind Temple, and, like, you see all the snow melting, and the Rito mm-hmm. are, are made whole, and they have their home again, and they presumably... All the come back. Yeah. yeah, presumably they're not starving to death anymore. It's kind of like a yeah. dark twist in the storyline. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, then, and then you have uh, the Gorons, who their marbled rock just dissipates into into the air and and all of them lose their their red eyes and stuff like that and they're just like oh it's it's tuesday like yeah where have i been <laughs> tuesday yeah um so that that was pretty rewarding to to see uh so and that's that's kind of what i was looking for more so with these cutscenes at the end like mm-hmm. i i think yeah, maybe they could have saved the bit about the imprisoning war and that whole story for one cutscene in one specific dungeon, perhaps. Uh, or maybe just like not have it in a dungeon and just be like, or that, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Have it be one specific cutscene that explains what happened with the sages and Raru and facing against the Demon King, you know, just the one time. Yeah. And then just have the sage be like, you are destined. Zelda asked me to make sure that the new sage has this power, has the secret stone, etc. And just have that bit of explanation versus the same cutscene every time. I agree. Yeah, that that could that's a little as well. too much. There's there's a couple things that, and we'll get into a little bit later when uh, in later episodes. But there's a couple things where I'm like, the story is not telling me enough. Just like you said about the the malice juice, it's not telling me enough <laughs> about certain things. But this is where it's like telling me the same thing too much. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. So, yeah, that's uh, so we got the Rito portion done, and we got the uh, the Goron portion done. I was really, I, to be honest, I was like, like really, really impressed with both of them. And I think like, of so I've done all four regional phenomenon at this point, And there was only one that I was a little bit disappointed with. But I would say I was like completely blown away by the Goron portion. Like there was like this it, reintroduction of, of this like kind of lame character who's now like awesome and, and kind of a villain who I wish would have stayed like that. But even like, even like after that, he's he's a little bit cooler. Um, yeah, he than is. He was he's before. somewhere confident. Yeah. There was three awesome boss fights. Not that they were hard, and like one of them was basically just a story boss fight. But like they, all of them had something different to offer. They were awesome. I loved the minecart stuff. I loved the. I, I basically loved everything about the the fire temple uh, portion, which I mm-hmm. surprises me because I was not prepared to say that. Um, and I think that like. The, you know, the part with, um, the part with Tulin was, was just like incredibly fun and scaling up there. And the wind temple was really solid. Uh, again, kind of a nice mix of like all three different styles of dungeon. And, mm. um, and yeah, that's, uh, so I, I think that the, I think that the first two regional phenomenon started off really, really strong. And, uh, I was, I'm excited next week to talk about definitely one. And then uh, one of the, well, we'll have a fun time talking about both, but uh, one of them I think is is clearly weaker than the others. Yeah, and I think I would agree, knowing what I know now. Um, but I haven't done the last one, so I feel like as long as that stands up, then I probably would be in agreement with you. I think you're gonna like it a lot, okay, actually. Cool. I, it's it's awesome. I um, do have one quick question, like going back to the sage portion of this, mm-hmm. because you don't just you don't just work with these with these sages in the dungeons. They they stay with you like a little avatar stays with you in the game. Right. How do you feel about that? Because there's times where I'm like, this is so cool. This is so helpful. I almost feel like I have a companion again because I really yeah. wanted a companion back. But there are times where they get the heck in my way, and I'm like, you know, but get out of my way, like, you know. I, I more so actually find that they're not there when I need them. Like specifically, Yonobo, Actually, he he keeps on like uh, when I whenever I want to break a rock, I'm like, Yonobo, where, where are you? I've done that too. Yeah. Which, by the way, by the way, I had so I actually went out for lunch with, uh, with a couple of our Zelda Dungeon staff on the weekend. Alex was was in town in Groval, so oh, we fun. went out and. Um, and Grovile said something to me that I was like, yes, please. I'm not the only person that heard this. Every time Yonobo says, like, I can do it, all I ever heard was like, why'd you do it? I did. Yes, yeah, same. Same here. Yeah, was that, like, wasn't, that wasn't the best editing there. It's like, why did I do what? Save you? Yeah. <laughs> why am I, know, I hurling so you into rocks? Because you're a Goron. One. That's what I'm I said. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm not the only one. <laughs> she said, he said, like, Samwise Gamgee. Like, why did you do it? <laughs> like, I don't know. I love it. <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I think that, uh, I think that I'm mostly, I, I would say like if, if there is a percentage, like 95% of the time, I love having the companions, uh, 5% of the time they can be a little annoying or in the way or something like that. Um, Hmm. but yeah, like I, I really like it. The only like down part or downfall of that I would say is like, sometimes I do wish that it was like the real companion and not like the phantom version of it. Um, cause I don't know. I, I think that. I think that that would just be pretty cool, and I hope that when we get to the end of the game, that maybe the real they ones... They replace their phantoms? Yeah, exactly. They, yeah. they do come. Because, like, I, I can't imagine it'd be that difficult. It's just color swap, right? Yeah, I yeah I would agree with that. Because they did it with it in the dungeon, so I don't un- I don't see why they couldn't have them all there yeah. together at the end. I will say um, this. I was surprised, and again, super impressed, that uh, I thought when I got Yunobo... Um, I was like, okay, I'm probably only going to be able to, to activate one of these guys at a time. Yeah. No? Nope. nope. Like, They're all there. You've got all of them at the same mm-hmm. time. Like, like I waited until I'd finished every dungeon, and my next order of business is to go and uh, retake Lurlin Village. So I was oh, like, maximum firepower. Not only are they, like, super helpful with their abilities, but they're super helpful in fighting, too. Yeah. Like, um, some, some of them, I'll say. One of them is not doing, not doing very well. But, like... Sometimes I'll, like, hit a guy and then Tulin will snipe him from across the Mm -hmm. way. And I'm just like, this is some maximum teamwork that's happened. And, like, Yanobo comes down with his, like, giant rock crusher. And it's, like, it's really cool that they team up with you and kind of help you in these, like, hordes of monsters. It's it's very helpful. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's, like, literally just, like, you know, I keep on coming back to that article where Dave was like, I want a fellowship of of the kingdom. And we have that, which is, which is great. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about uh, Gerudo and Zora next week. I have I have a lot of thoughts, actually, for, for those ones. Uh, mm-hmm. So very, very excited for that. But, yeah, I would give, like, you know, we're off to a really strong start with the Goron and the Rito portions. I would I would say that, like, these exceeded my expectations, both of them. And both of them, I Wonderful, think, yeah. like, both of them were way better, in my opinion, than their Breath of the Wild equivalent. Way I better. would agree. Yes, so I would agree. In Breath of the Wild, I remember the first time that I did it, I started with Gerudo, and then you had the whole oh, Yiga wow. subplot. Uh, so, like, you went and did that, and then you fought uh, Koga, and then you actually, and then you did the Divine Beast. And I was like, okay, I think, like, everything is going to have something like this before you get to the mm-hmm. Divine Beast. And that wasn't really the case. Like, in fact, the des- like, Gerudo Desert was the only one that really had kind of that extra stuff to do before. Yeah. So I was always a little bit disappointed with that. Um, which is which is actually why I saved Gerudo for last in my playthrough this time. But mm-hmm. so far, well, not so far, but like, like everything has something like that that you need to do beforehand. And so right. far, all of it's been fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Nothing has felt like a chore to me so far, which is great. Right. Um, okay, there it is. Any final thoughts on Rito or Goron before we jam on out of here? No, I think I would just agree with you. Like, it exceeded my expectations, especially the fire area. I think because of how I felt about the Breath of the Wild fire area, I was I went in with very low expectations, and Me I was blown too. away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, rip to our infinite item glitch. It is no oh, more. Oh, did you, did you update your Switch? No, I specifically did not update my game. I was like, don't do it, and it updated anyways no okay yeah. mine keeps prompting me to every time i open the game and i'm like nope because and i can still i can still do so 
I, I must have, like, auto-updates on or something like that. Because mm-hmm. I specifically said, like, do not update this. So, I was able to get, like, a ton of diamonds and a ton of star fragments, but I didn't really get anything else. And now I wish I would have got a ton of amber, because I need, like, 100 pieces of amber to upgrade my my stuff. So Yeah, I, I also duped my... So, if anybody else is still having that ability, I duped, like, my... Like, the hearty... Um, radishes and the endura carrots mm. because they make such simple helpful recipes so i right. i duped a crap ton of that it really helps i hope that there's like a new glitch or something that comes soon i'm sure somebody rip. i know i know somebody has found some for like duplicating weapons and stuff but it is very tedious so i haven't shared it yet it's very it includes the rock rock rocks in the elden region but it's like it's like a lot of steps. It's not that easy. So yeah. if, if if I see anything else that comes up, I'll, I'll share it. But so far, not yet. Yeah, I, I don't care about weapons so much, but uh, definitely. Sometimes you have a really good weapon and you don't want it to break. So, okay. well, you 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 are right there. Um, so <laughs> I guess if you whatever you find, send it my way. And you know what? I want to one last thing before we get out of here. I want to actually say this on the show because I've been saying it on Twitch before we start the show, but. If, if any of our listeners are, like, really awesome with OBS and you want to slide into my DMs and give me some advice on a few projects that we're working on, uh, I would I would love that. We have we actually have, like, a, an opening on our podcast team looking for, like, a, a really smart OBS person. So if you if that sounds like you and, and you want to, you know, get in on some of the behind-the-scenes ZeldaCast action, um, slide into my DMs over on Twitter at Spateria316 and, and let's talk. Um, okay. That is going to do it for us for this week. We are going to get out of here. As I just said, I'm over on Twitter at Spateria316. Al is at Allison Aletha, and we are at the ZeldaCast. Uh, make sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, recommend us to that Zelda fan in your life. If you got somebody new that's playing Tears of the Kingdom, maybe it's their first Zelda game ever, tell them where they can get their weekly Zelda fix. We're going to be talking Tears for... I, I don't know, the rest of the summer. So, uh, so yeah, make sure that you recommend us. Uh, leave us a five-star review. We would love that. Man, that'd be awesome. And, um, yeah, we're going to have uh, a couple exciting announcements, actually, in the next couple weeks here. Maybe even as soon as next week, although I don't want to promise that yet. But until then, everybody, take care. Enjoy Tears of the Kingdom. And we will see you back here next week to talk about the Gerudo and Zora regional phenomenon. Take care. <laughs>